Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented by Melee Stats. I'm your host, Gimme Dat Wheat. I'm here with my good friend, Edwin Budding. Edwin, normally I think there's a little ramp up and I make some sardonic remark about you, but this week I'm just going to call you my good friend. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I think we've had a pretty uh, exciting week of Melee. We have a lot more coming up, uh, kind of in the lead in to Genesis in April. I think that um, I think that the scene is kind of in a really interesting place, and I'm really happy that we have Brandon to join us tonight to recap the last weekend and talk about uh, a lot of really, co- a lot of really, if not cool, interesting <laughs> developments for, for the scene. Brandon, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing incredible. I'm doing great. Now, Brandon, this is uh, unfortunate how this lined up is that this is the first of March. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, just how the calendar works. It's all good. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, with, like, with that being said, uh, we did see a pretty amazing event that you put on. Um, I'm going to oh, kind of like show what goes on behind the scenes, and I'm going to say that uh, you create a little group chat to run this idea by some people i was lucky yeah. enough to be involved edwin yeah. somehow got involved um <laughs> i thought you were crazy i'm just gonna say it. that your idea for for the second edition of the um of bemi black empowerment melee invitational mm-hmm. um your idea i thought it was insane but but we we're here we're after it. it it like ran it ran great so like why don't you talk to us about this because Bemi number one ran last February, February, 2021. Um, I think it was successful. I don't know if you felt the same way, but obviously successful enough to run number two, but yeah, like run me through what, uh, what was going through your head when you created this? Uh, like just Bemi in general or like the, the difference between the first one and the second one. Let's just talk about Bemi in general first. And then we'll, we'll get into like where the second one came from. Um, my main premise was like, I mean, obviously, Black History Month, right? Um, something uh, for Black people done by a Black person. Uh, that was like that's like the basic thing. Um, I think the bigger reason, and I, I you know, I've said this before. Um, my biggest premise was to just not have it be based off uh, like an event based off of tragedies, mm-hmm. like uh, for example, when we all we all got together during like the, the George Floyd situation. And we raise money shouts to uh Ryle B and everybody involved in that. And that that that's great, right? But what I guess what bothered me, and this isn't even uh uh it's not like a, a stab at the community, it's more just like a, a a stain in society at its whole, is when somebody black gets killed, everyone all groups feel bad and thus want to come together after something like that happens. And I don't know, being black, I feel like we shouldn't always have to acknowledge blackness when people get killed. Um, Not to say that you shouldn't ignore it, because I don't think that like I don't I'm not on that pretend it doesn't exist and then it'll go away. But you definitely just like it shouldn't always be like, let's get together when someone, you know, gets murdered or unjustly killed or whatever. I just feel like it, it, it. We should be able to come and celebrate blackness just as just as much as as people do to to fight against the causes that like make I don't know like systemic racism a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
also feel like, you know, just with black Americans, we should have like something to be able to celebrate and not have to, you know, not and not be uh, premised off of somebody dying or getting hurt or losing everything or just, you know, something negative. Uh, it just triggered me, I guess. And that that's like the main reason why uh, I, I did the event. Like that, that was my main motivation to have something that we could celebrate and all, all of us be able to celebrate while everyone's here. It shouldn't take someone dying for mm-hmm. it to, to, you know, uh, but yeah, that, that was my like biggest premise. Um, I, I don't know if you want me to talk about like the, the difference between the first one and the second one, or like why, why I chose the format for the second one. Uh, but I, I can get into that if you, if you guys want. Yeah, Edwin, what, I, do you, what do you think, Edwin? Yeah, I, I think that seems like a pretty good uh, jumping off point. When did you uh, when did you start planning the the second one and sort of uh, what was the process into reaching out to players and organizing it? And like, what were the lessons you learned from the first event that carried over into this one? So I answered that last question. The first one I realized. So the first one I did 32 people. Round robin, right? Uh eight or four pulls of eight those four going to a top 16 and it's a bracket right uh you know it ended up going great as far as like the the end result but what i realized was it was like way less structured so people would drop out like that's that happens a lot that happened this one too it's probably gonna happen the next one (laughs) and because of that it like the first one, it just threw me off balance. It really fucked me up. So I'd have to find people last second and do the, like a bunch of things scrambling. And so what made me change the format to an open bracket for the second one was should someone drop out, which that ended up happening, I could take people from the open bracket and put them into the main bracket without it being like, without compromising the, the event. Uh, so that was like my biggest like reason why I wanted all these stages, and then also, uh, like with the gauntlet and all that, I like the idea of like through every stage of Vimy this tournament, people got eliminated. So there was like four different stages: open bracket, round robin, uh, gauntlet, and just the last, the normal yeah, bracket. Yeah, the final bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and every stage people got eliminated and it made it easier because each each phase I got to, it was just less and less people. And like I said, if someone dropped out, especially the open bracket, if someone dropped out in the open bracket, it really didn't matter because you know, it's it's an open bracket. So whoever drops out just drops out. And then if someone from the main bracket, like when Axe couldn't make it, I was like, all right, King Momo is like the highest seed in the open bracket. Just move him over. It just, it made it seamless for me. So it was a lot easier to like, uh yeah i I mean even uh not even talking just logistically i think like uh, events like summon stuff which i i i I mean i'm not a expert but i think that was the first one to run the gauntlet type thing Mm -hmm. um they're really experts in finding out what like gives something stakes and i i think that even though this is an event that um you know it's obviously uh I don't want to say it's not competitive. I think it's more than competitive, right? 
the yeah, competitive yeah. aspect is is a big part of it of course that's why we're you know we're going to be talking about billy Bo peep and everything and stuff like that we're going to be talking about these sets because these sets really did count um yeah. but i think it also extended further than that but yeah it's just like events like this you always have to find out a way to make every single player care because you know, we've seen a lot of people get in spots where they realize they might not make it or something like that and or it's mm-hmm. you know they like dq from a uh round robin i i think we we did see an instance of this but but yeah it's just i think it's a really good way of making sure every set we see counts because a lot of times we'll see events like this where you're watching a set it's like a 20 minute set and you know going into it that this has no bearing on what happens so i think that having eliminations throughout is, is a really cool way of doing that right also i wanted to point out what i was happy about there was there was only one rematch yeah the entire tournament and that was real thing in billy Bo peep i think aside from that there was not a single rematch in this entire tournament no one played someone twice except for those two which i was which is insane to have that many like levels like that many like rounds and and just like ways that you can run a bracket and and have Mm -hmm. that happen um one thing i also loved about the open bracket is that in this online age there's a lot of players who pop up and we don't really know anything about them right Right. um so i I know you were telling me you were like uh you know you didn't know typhoon was black i was like i didn't know (laughs) like it, it is cool to um have some level of familiarity with these players beyond just like Oh, I know they're a Marth, right? Because even <laughs> right, like even when there used to be tournaments that you just like see on Challenge or something, you just be like, okay, well, I know like they're a, a, I know they're a Sheik from Kansas or whatever. Uh, but even then, like because of online, because of rollback, mm-hmm. uh, we're lucky enough to be gifted with this thing where like they're not even connected to regions. So right. I, I think it was really cool to to see players who we haven't seen really pop off. Uh, in person and and get to like have a sort of deeper connection to who they are Mm -hmm, for sure and like i i think for me what i liked was like you have players like typhoon who enters like pretty much everything online right Mm -hmm. then then you have players like billy who never enter online right um last one i think i think was last bemmy (laughs) right so i mean i i like that like contrast it added like a, a element of surprise that I didn't really know what to expect. Like, how are these people who enter net play tournaments? Like, you you would think that okay, Typhoon would just wash everybody because he's active, right? But little do you know, like all these players, just because they're not competing per se on online events or even in person, they're still grinding, you know. And that's what really like made me like real. I, I think this tournament really put that on for me. Like, like watching how much better King Momo had got from the last Bimmy because he wasn't mm-hmm. really playing. Um, you know, obviously real thing people know about about him, but then people like Prometheus who like, I didn't know Prometheus was at where he's at and he was like insane. Like, it's, it's so many players that uh, like just seeing a mix of like active versus inactive as far as tournaments uh really like added a, a new level to it to me so I you mean, don't you look at like, yeah you look at top six i literally think the only person in top six who actually enters net play on the regular is salt right. billy no flash not no yeah. um shroom no 
real things sometimes, but not really. And then you mentioned King Momo, who's like right. not really entering stuff. So yeah, it's uh, in the online era, we are really lucky to see all these people pop up, but it is kind mm. of, there's moments where you're like, well, these players are super cool, but I wonder what would it look like if blank popped up. And this was mm. a, this was an event where I think we got a lot of people like that. Edwin, I know yeah. you have some thoughts on it. You wrote your Monday morning more on uh so with that me. What do you <laughs> yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that it's just so great to see a lot of, uh, I mean, Billy is the obvious name for someone who we know is extremely talented, uh, just a very solid player, great to watch and everything. But I think even just the fact that we you could have a match like Typhoon versus, uh, or that or that, that you could have a tournament with Typhoon and DA West at the same event yeah. playing right. for high stakes. It's right. just the, the level of, um, I, I, one of my, one of my favorite things about these kinds of events is just that like you get to see a lot of active players take on players from like, not just previous generations, but pre- players who are good and have a chance to still prove that that mm-hmm. they're really good. It's, it's always, a you know, the last two years that this event uh, has happened. I've, I've always, I mean, Billy is the biggest example of this, but I've just, I've always been impressed at the, at the level of death brought to it and the level of like, you know, people's melee's journeys are also different, but they, they still converge in this, in this one event, especially when they, when they all, when when they all share something with each other, that's not necessarily talked about openly in the the rest of the scene. Right. Yeah. No, it, it was cool to see, you know, you got people like Wes who like, put the groundworks in, you know, it's been playing. And then the thing about Wes is Wes was still solid. It wasn't like, you know, Wes was still, was still qualified out to the, the main bracket. Right. Like, um, yeah. yeah and, and then you see that and you see like players like Cadenville, who is like very like newer every, every time he like, like his pool is over. He's like, all right, I'm going to the local and then leaves. And like, you know, and like, uh, Cadenville beat Wes, beat Daryl. It's like really good up and coming player. But the fact that somebody like Cadenville could play Wes, like Wes probably has been playing Caden's whole life. Yeah. Like literally, you know, <laughs> and like the, the TV, that's like crazy. You know, it's, it's kind of just cool to see, I guess. But I, I'm happy about how it went, you know. Was Caden the one who was – he was the one who was entering at his, like, land local, right? They had, like, a yeah. slippy set up. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he was doing, like, both at the same time. He did that – he did that in the open bracket. And then for the qual- – like, the actual tournament, after his, like, gauntlet and all that, he just left to go play in the local and then won his local. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Oklahoma. I, I I advise. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if like Caden gets like top one hundred or something within like the next year or so. Maybe the same with him and uh, Brass Monkey too. Brass Monkey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brass Monkey, that guy's really solid. good. Both both those two are like. I didn't even know how, how good they were until then. And like Prometheus, that that dude is ridiculous. I don't know if you I guys mean, watched Prometheus. It's events like these that really. Like this is a competitive event, like I said before, but it's just like it ha- throws a spin on it enough where you're able to see people um, who are really, really good, but you might not normally see. It's like all those Smash World Tour events, right? We saw mm-hmm. really good players who, if you throw them into like the biggest tourneys of the year, might get put. In, they might get 49th or 65th. You know, they might get these spots that people don't look at, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but when you give them like these specialized brackets or just like just different forms of tournament experience, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you get to see these people. I think prom super good. I didn't expect mm-hmm. this to happen, right. but uh, I, I think that's amazing that it did because like the performance he had here, I think gets him known. And if he does the same performance at Genesis or something that might end up with like 65th or something, people might not talk the same way. Um, yeah. I, I think that this was, was definitely super cool. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Billy? Cause I think that like he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Billy is someone who, and maybe this is a project that we, we need to do. Maybe this is melee stats next thing. Um, I think if you asked like, you know, whatever, 50 people, who uh, follow Melee, how good mm-hmm. Billy is. And if you mm-hmm. ask 50 top players how good he is, I think he's like the biggest difference. Because mm-hmm. players who play the game, uh, you're like, you know, your drug foxes or whatever, your your fictions. Mm-hmm. I think they really have a respect for, for Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just doesn't enter. Like, he's yeah. a... He, I, I, it's not... He's not an... He might be an underrated guy. I don't know what he is. But... Uh, <laughs> He's just like I know he grinds specific things. He does the uh he gets the lessons and he like plays other top players. But in terms of entering like just a, a local or whatever, that's not really his style. So it's it's really cool to see him just like uh you know, he entered Bemi last year. That was something we didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Uh he did well at Smash World Tour qualifier, but like doing well at that qualifier also means not taking a set. That's just like how the qualifier oh, yeah, is. That was a brutal tournament. <laughs> yeah. That tournament stuff. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into him because I think that he is a player who's like constantly pretty on, under the radar just because he mm-hmm. doesn't enter. But mm-hmm. but he comes up to this. Anok, Edwin, uh, I want to let you speak because the other day we were watching, you know, you were watching this and you you sent like a DM or you like you sent a message and you were like, Ambi, I thought Billy was good versus Falco. What's happening? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so, you got your answer to that at the end of the tournament, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I so uh, Brandon, I don't know if you saw, but I did a whole uh, preview of the of, of Bemi, um, mm-hmm. and Billy was my pick to win the tournament. Like, a week, oh, okay, a week good shit. <laughs> and uh, what I, I don't have the column in front of me right now, but I mm-hmm. wrote something along the lines of, you know, Billy doesn't enter that much. He was a, just outside the top fifty in twenty nineteen, the year that was mm-hmm. he was active. But, like, mm-hmm. if you were paying attention to results at the end of the year, let alone just, like, watching him play, like, the pieces were all there. This was someone mm-hmm. whose stock was, like, clearly all the way on the upswing. Like, this was someone who genuinely seemed like he was, like, one of the most promising, uh, like, talented Fox players. Or just players in the scene, let alone. Mm-hmm. So, the funny thing is, like, I-, I took a look at where Billy was trend- trending in terms of, like, what what he had given. And he was actually, like... He was a bit more active than I thought in the pre-rollback days. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, he he kind of showed up for like a brief stretch of time between like late 2020 and the mm-hmm. the first Black uh, Empowerment Melee Invitational, where, mm-hmm. where he did pretty well. He won like a event over Fat Goku and Null uh, mm-hmm. online. And you know, ever since then, I just always been thinking like, my God, like Billy is so good. Like this this guy was like literally trending like higher than top 50. If mm-hmm. if you just look at like a short span of results and he just disappeared mm-hmm. then he came back for the smash world tour and like his pool is really hard like that doesn't tell you anything about someone like oh they lost a face roll meds and plup 
and like yeah. tie. Like, right. What? Like yeah. those guys are. I think, I think a lot yeah. of people could lose to those three. Right. Yeah, like that's right. like like if that's Billy at his quote unquote worst, like I want to see him again, right? Mm-hmm. So, just heading into this event, I I loved his chances against the field. I just. I think his fox is so beautiful. Like it, it's, yeah. it's 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 really magical to watch when when it's on point. Like in in a way that I frankly feel like you know people make this comparison all the time, like with their favorite fox players. But I truly think that Billy's potential, his knowledge of the game, and his approach to it, like is so smart. It's it gives it, it feels the same way as like when I used to watch like crush and drug fox before their their respective breakouts and i just Mm -hmm. i i I gotta get i i need more billy i need billy at tournaments (laughs) and uh part of why i need him at tournaments is because like he sure did win me so much side betting money (laughs) i knew billy Billy, uh you know what's funny about the tournament uh for top 12 he was the first set to open him in question they started the event on sunday and then he closed. He played for like four or five hours straight. I just don't. I think what's more impressive isn't that to me, him winning isn't to me the most impressive part. I'm not really surprised that Billy won just because of how good I right, like, you know, just like you, and like, you know, how good Billy is. I'm more surprised at how he did it. Mm-hmm. That, like, that, that is. Emina. Yeah. The fact that he, like, not only was playing good, but for that long. He was playing good for like four hours. Like that, that is crazy. Most people, I'm like, okay, he'll probably get to flash and here's where it's here's where it's over. He'll he'll win the first set and get bodied the second set. And it just like, nah. He was like, I felt like as each set went, he got better. That was the crazy part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talk about him as a player who doesn't enter tournaments that often, but but obviously plays. And that's like something that's completely different, right? That's a different skill set because you can be really good at the game in a friendly scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this like third, you know, like <laughs> this this outside part of skill where it's like you have to be very good for a long time, right? It's what we'd always talk about mm-hmm. Armada. Armada's like C game or whatever was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you get players that you might be getting C game at a tournament because you just have to play for so long. So that, yeah, you're right. That, that's the surprising thing about Billy because we know that he's skill wise. He's got it. Um, especially flash as an opponent flash, very willing to, like, if you make a mistake, very willing to capitalize on that just because of the flash play style. Um, oh my God. Wanna... He did that to flash. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, let's talk about um i want to talk about billy and flash because i know brandon you are someone who obviously very good at both characters billy to me actually both of them to me um we we talk about on this podcast sometimes but like they both show me that they are just like overall solid mm-hmm. um you sometimes get players who like they'll rise up really quickly in the ranks because they're, they're very good at like the Fox matchup or something, right? They've got their specialty matchup. Um, and then it's like the case of, can they let the other matchups fill in? It was like that whole thing with Zane when, when Zane was getting really good, we're like, we know he could beat any Fox, but then he play like a random Samus. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, so you see those people jump up in ranks really quickly, but the people who I think stick around and just get better mm-hmm. are the people like Billy are the people like flash, I don't think they have a matchup where I'm like, give them anyone and they'll beat them, but they don't have a matchup on the other hand where I'm saying, give them anyone and they'll lose to that. So I think they're like super well-rounded and it's not flat. It's not flashy. It's not like, you know, it doesn't, 
get people attention right away but it's the thing that, like, I think they can sustain it for a while. I think both of them are like that. What do you think as someone who plays both characters? Um, yeah, I think they're more, I think they're both um, very, like, well-rounded. I, I feel like Flash is more, like, situ like, no. Like, I feel like he has, like, a clear game plan in his matches, mm. you could tell. He kind of, he kind of, like... Just, he, I feel like he'll never like not deliver on what he normally does. Um, whether or not you beat him is on how good you'll play, but I feel like he'll always be consistent with how I feel like for the most part, outside of grands, he kind of just like breezed through that tournament. Like, he really didn't have, he had a little like him and King Momo was pretty close, but I think for the most part, he, you know, it was just three O's three ones you know he didn't really have that much of an issue throughout the bracket whereas like billy it was more bumps in the road i feel like once billy got going you just couldn't stop him but there's points where it looked like he was gonna lose like question his first set oh yeah and like how he lost the first game and then he kept dying because he kept refreshing with the fire stall but he kept doing it wrong and he would get clipped by marks up being die. And I'm like, dude, is he going to just lose right now? Because it looked like he was just going to lose the question. And then he started playing a little bit better. Then the next set versus Mog, it's like, okay, yeah, he's he's looking pretty good. Looks like he might just win this. But I don't know. Salt's playing well. After he plays Salt, it's like, oh, shit. Okay, he's kind of just fucking Salt up, right? And then yeah, I think he went down yeah. first game, too. Right. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah it Because it looked like, okay, like, you know, Salt was probably, I thought Salt might have, it could go either way, but Billy kind of like went off. And then he played John, the real thing, who destroyed him in pools. Actually destroyed him in pools. And it was like the op, it was literally 180. Like he, he what happened to him, he did the real. And then from there, I'm like, oh shit, he could just, if he does this, the real thing, I feel like he could just win the tournament. And then when he beat DeWan, it's just like, I, I don't know. I feel like when you beat DeWan, like, Sky's the limit. I feel like Dewan, even though Flash was beat Dewan, I feel like Dewan still like perceived all time as like the final boss mm-hmm. amongst amongst like black players, right? I feel like Dewan's legacy is probably him and Axe are like clearly like the, the the two, you know. And what I Axe obviously not in this tournament, but you know, once he beat Dewan, I'm like, damn. I mean, he could just. I don't even think it's a matter of can he do it more so will he run out of steam and then he just kind of he kept going but I I just feel like I guess I say that to say to your initial question I feel like Billy had not not to say Billy Billy doesn't have game plans because I also think he's well rounded but he's he felt more momentum based mm-hmm. it was flash it was kind of just consistent play throughout the whole tournament Billy. He got bodied by King Momo the day before. The day before that, he lost the real thing. It wasn't just like a – he wasn't playing like that all weekend. And I think that's why it was so crazy with how he won because he was shaky in a lot of those sets throughout the weekend. Whereas, like, Flash kind of just – I don't think Flash went to a game five that entire, until, he like, King Momo. And that, that was, like, what, his fifth or sixth set? At that point, seven set. So I think that's the difference between them. I think Billy's just more polarizing. 
Well, Flash will always give you like what he, you know, what he knows. Yeah. And it, it's not even an insult to Billy because when you compare him to Flash, Flash, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how I was going to say top 50, you know, top, whatever you want to call Flash, compare him to any other player in that range. I think you can call him the most like situational player of all of them. Uh, do you, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Edwin, Edwin knows who I'm going to mention. Um, there <laughs> is a Chilean player, SP99, who is like the, the secret sauce behind all of these upcoming Falcos. Uh, okay. yeah, he was, he's the guy he coaches frenzy. Um, and he's super close with flash. I think that if you want to subscribe to SP 99's Patreon to learn Falco tips, the image, like the icon for the Patreon is flash's face. <laughs> so it's like, they're very clearly linked. Right. Um, so SP 99 is very big labber in these types of things. And because mm-hmm. of that, you can see, that Flash is able to take all these situational awareness, all these like labbing. You saw it versus when he's playing Wizzy, you saw it versus Ginger uh, at his Riptide sets. And, and like you see it here, right? There's so many mm-hmm. uh, things where like someone will do something and he's just immediately aware of what it is and what to do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think Billy, it's not even a, an insult to him to say that he's not as game plan oriented because that's just like what Flash is. And that's why Flash was able to you know like we we talked about it during the riptide whether or not he's a this was an intended pun whether or not he's a flash in the pan and how calm he looked at riptide despite the fact that it was like really his first major since being good um and like how composed he was able to play and just like recognize these situations despite the fact that you know recognizing a situation knowing what to do is might be easy versus like a 20xx cpu but when mm-hmm. one of the best players in the world is doing it to you live in front of a crowd, he was still able to do it. So, yeah, I, I think that, like, Billy is amazing. And it's not a knock on him to say that he's not as uh, game plan oriented as Flash. Because Flash is probably the most game plan oriented right. top player that, that we've seen recently. Right. But then you got Billy's situation where he's when he's playing good. Like, it's just yeah, dudes like top 10. Which, like, not no knock to Flash, but, like, I don't know if Flash is on that type of shit, right? And I think low-key to be, to do that, it, it takes some inconsistencies because you got to think, if Billy's trying to do that every game, he's going he's gonna to mess up. He's just going to fuck up. Like, he's not going to be able to do that. There's just some days where he's just going to play like shit. But then you got the, the Bimmy where everything just, like, the kind of stars align. It's kind of like the... I, it's kind of what you value, like, consistency peaks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the argument with those two players. I feel like even I do think Billy is game plan oriented, just not like Flash. But I, I do think yeah. Billy's peaks are like I, I mean, clearly Billy's peak is. I he looked like a top ten player at the end of Bimmy to me. Like I, I don't see how that guy couldn't beat like uh, IBDW or a Ginger or a Kadoran. Like I, I really think he just could. I mean, Edwin said what drugged Fox and Crush. I yeah. said, yeah, yeah dude, watching, those are two pretty damn good players. Yeah, I said watching videos of Billy like makes me feel the same magic that I did when watching Drugbox and Crush before they like broke out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a very good comparison. Just one thing on the um, 
just one thing on the Flash and uh, the the Flash and Billy thing. I I, I think I, I would say that I, I would definitely still say Billy is very game plan like we we all agree yeah. on. But I think mm-hmm. what really if, if I were to find a term or like a word or whatever that really separates Flash or what I notice, I would say it's specifically like micro situations and like mm-hmm. very very like like a lot of frame data knowledge and like making decisions that always like give him like advantage over his opponents and being able to like make a move first let alone like shoot a laser right he knows he knows what lasers yeah like when he lasers he knows what the opponent can do when the opponent's actionable right it's like he's not feeling it out it's not a guess um yeah i mean hey maybe it's the same thing with billy because billy i I don't know um if he continued this when slippy save states became a thing and you could Mm -hmm. just like make a save state of any situation or that might not be slippy specific but whatever the save state was um he like apparently he there was like a fox save state discord and he went hard and created all these specific scenarios just like save states i guess grinding it out um so that might be like you know he's so comfortable in those situations where it's like gameplay it's you know it's gameplay oriented it's situational awareness but it's all just second nature not to say that flash isn't i don't know here's the thing about these two players that i hope we see enough to have this discussion again because we we're talking about two people who we don't see that often so i know we've got ltc coming up that's in billy's uh current home state of texas Mm -hmm. i really hope we get to see him there um genesis of course like we've got a ton of tournaments i hope we see shroom too let's let's not forget (laughs) shroom just casually i want to see this entire top eight how about that i want to see a major i want to see prom versus uh, i don't know just prom versus some random uh like prom versus Iceman at Genesis pools. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I want to see it all. I think this is, this is a super cool group. A lot of the, I think what made me really improve too, that you, you don't always have to enter uh, tournaments to get better. If you're like really specific about what you're working on. Um, I mean, just like with the safe states of Billy, I think it just showed like he, he almost like, I, I think he got better despite like not entering yeah. anything and it's just because it's just like instead of just playing a bunch grinding a bunch trying to win events it's more like all right let me work on these situations and then iron it out enter this tournament i don't know it, it, it just felt like like this could be why flash is so game plan oriented because he's like working on his game plan constantly you know and then as far as the one i think his situation just knowing him personally, right? It's just a matter of him just doing it. I think with him, uh, I Dewan could just. <laughs> I never forget this. We had a conversation, right? We're after summit. We we're all like kind of drunk, right? And we're just talking. Me and him are chopped it up. And he's like, "Man, this is around. This is a long time. This is probably like four or five years. Uh, yeah, like 2018, I can't remember. It was a while ago. And he's he's like, you know, Brandon. He's like. Dude, I really just believe I would just be if I practice. <laughs> as I already know, he's like I would just be a top three player free. Like I already know I would just be top three. I was like, then why not just fucking why? Then why don't you do it? And then he goes, and I don't know. <laughs> and then and it's like, but the fact that like he can, like he's not believing that for no reason, right? And the fact that he's like at this point was probably top 10, 15, like half practicing. It's just like with him, it's always a matter of just like, bro, just, just do it. You know, 
you got a level of talent that people would he he reminds me of Shaq. He really reminds me of Shaq. <laughs> like just like if you think of tech chasing like free throws, right? And Shaq will talk about, well, I'll never practice, but I'll give you twenty eight ten every night. And like that's kind of like what Dewan is. They like they're so similar in that regard. Like they get like how Kobe said about Shaq, we would have had ten rings if he practiced and came into training camp in shape. We would have just won every year. And then, you know, but I feel that way about uh Shroom a lot of the times. It's just a matter of him just getting sitting down and playing the game. <laughs> He's very fun to watch. And I think that like a non zero part of that is mm-hmm. It's kind of like when I watch Leffen, I want Leffen to win, but then also if he loses, that's funny, right? I I think it's like a similar thing with Shroon, but it's it's instead of being funny, it's like it's cool, right? Like uh, when Souf beat him at main stage, I was like, that's a great win for Souf, right? Like he's mm-hmm. at this cool part of his career where I think we're all expecting that he can still top eight a major because we mm-hmm. saw it before. We saw it at Genesis 7. Right. Uh, but like what, like whatever set he plays, whatever the outcome is, I think it's going to be hype. Cause if he wins that's hype, and, and if it's, uh, you know, if he plays Billy and Billy wins, that's hype. I, I like whatever comes out of it. He's a very fun player to watch right now. Cause I think his stakes are very, uh, it's very like lax. And because of that, I think like right. the, the viewer is able to win. He's got like DeWan right now to me has like gatekeeper vibes. Like if mm-hmm. you know, you're on the brink of being a top player, if you can beat him. You know, because like clearly he's not really doing anything to get better, but he's not getting worse. Yeah. Just like if you if you can just get past that, then you can get in the the door versus like the mangoes, the Zanes, the Cody's, Wizzies, like you know. But yeah, uh, yeah, I always think of Dewan as like that final boss amongst like the top players. Or like the first boss, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, yeah. when you first enter the uh, the dungeon or whatever, he's the right. first one there. Right, the little mini boss before you, you know, <laughs> go get fight the real bosses. But yeah, man, shout shouts to Dewan and and everybody else like uh, King Momo coming back. He was looking strong too. Uh, obviously, the real thing is just ridiculous, John. Um, there were a lot of dope players. I mean, um, Malachi. He was doing pretty good. Salt, salt was looking crazy. Yeah, that weekend. I mean, it was, it was, it was just a lot. I, I was, I do wish Axe and Toussaint entered because I do think the tournament would have went completely different if those two were in the in the bracket. I don't know who would have won, honestly. But you know, shouts to them. That that would have changed the dynamic just because you got Pikachu and Puff. <laughs> Ain't no telling what's gonna happen now with all these spaces. <laughs> so but yeah uh it, it was a, it was a good weekend i think it was amazing i think the it was more than just a weekend too how it was set up um yeah obviously lots of entertainment but just like the way it was set up i think was amazing um let's uh let's talk a little bit about like so obviously bemi we talk about the bracket mm-hmm. um Let's go a little further than that. Let's talk about like what it means. So uh, this was really important. And, and I love your point about like a celebration that is not based in tragedy. Um, mm. What do you think that the the scene can do more in, in terms of like celebrating representation, even, you know, of, of any kind? Like, what do you what are your thoughts on, on what can be done? Um, more events of representation, right? Like I remember uh i've gotten people told me yo you should do like an event for like 
you know, like, you know, like Asian hate, right? But it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it, it to me, it wouldn't feel right if it wasn't an Asian person that was facilitating it, right? So, so stuff like that, uh, like what Gayle does is great. What oh, Smash yeah. Sisters does is great. I, I, I don't, I think in groups where people are just marginalized or discriminated for whatever reason, I feel like they should know that they have uh, safe spaces amongst Melee because despite you know, Melee is very welcoming and it's a group for all, right? And, you know, Melee's really good at, the community at least is really good at understanding and putting emphasis on that. It's still like, being a minority is is still a thing, right? Like, you know, I'm still like a black person in this space no matter if I play the game or not. Um, And I I just think sometimes it it would be good to see people who are in these like... um, just marginalized groups to have some form of outlet amongst the game. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just think it'd be good because it, it, it helps people come together. But people take it as a way of like fucking, like people get bad saying it's racism and all that bullshit. You can't, one fucking tournament isn't uh, not how racism works. But uh, I, I think if you have something as a cele- a celebration for marginalized groups, especially if the like proceeds go to charity to help out with causes like you know in these situations, I, I see. I don't know. I, I I don't see the downside from it, and it's not like I don't know these players. I don't know they they a lot of the players that are in Bimmy have had some form of discrimination, whether it be passive or overt. And to be able to emphasize that as well as to know that everybody that you're competing with has also had that experience to some extent, or is also aware of that experience. Um, I don't know. It makes things like, I don't know, easier to talk about and address. So in the future, you know, people are more like privy to what's going on and, and it educates people who like just don't have to deal with these situations or just aren't as aware of it, even though well, they might they might know it exists, but that's in the like what extent. But I think when you know people and you hear their experiences, I feel like you're way more likely to like put just preconceived notions and stereotypes aside. And I I, I feel like representation and in, in melee will help that. Right. It's like, for example, like, um, you know, some people might not know like about like a black person that got pulled over. Right. But I, I that's happened to me. Right. Uh, numerous times. Them knowing me will at least educate them to think about that type of shit. You know, um, same with like or like the the Asian hate stuff. Like I personally don't know any uh, Asian people that have had that happen, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It clearly happens, right? But imagine if you hear someone's story and they tell you like, well, hey, such and such happened to me. I, I feel like it, it 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 puts you in a situation where you can really like understand and like empathize more when you have like, when you have a direct link to, to people who experience these like, forms of like you know just either di- like like discrimination hate crimes misfortunes whatever it may be 
you know, when I feel like when you when you see the people that it's actually affecting, or you you know people that are actually affected by it. Uh oh, hold on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My headphone came out. When you know that people that are actually affected by it, you're way more likely to actually, in my opinion, at least, think about it and to understand that. Like for uh, sure. No, because if you go clueless, you don't know anybody that that's happened to. You might not necessarily like excuse it, but you'll just it's just it just wouldn't cross your mind. But when you know somebody that, especially someone close to you, like if you have like a really good friend and that's happened, you know, you will you will want to educate yourself to know like okay, this this happens, and what can I do to either like possibly help or just be aware of it because a lot of it's just awareness too i think ha- uh, like another reason why i like the whole representation thing is just, just it just puts a light on these situations as a whole that's why like with the big one like we stream the whole like the top four gay bracket mm-hmm. like it should be exposed because like you know they're, they're like a marginalized group of people who go through things that like 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 i have the privilege of not dealing with those things but that doesn't mean that like they don't happen, you know, and, and and people who have to deal with these things because they, they have to deal with these things, whether they play smash or not. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like having a space where you can at least be able to, to emphasize it and have people who go through these things, talk about it, cope with it, like try to fix it, whatever. I feel like it just, it just helps everyone overall to understand people's situations better, in my opinion. Edwin, oh, I want to long winded. My bad. No, no, that was perfect. Yeah. Edwin, I want to hear your thoughts on this really quickly, though. I just want to say, um, Brandon, no, you're totally right. You're, like everything you said there was right, I, and I, I love the points that you made um, because this is something that I've said. I, I know it's like I'm going to say it in a cornier way uh but <laughs> yeah, I, I agree like i think um you know i got into the scene when i was 19 um mm. and, and i guess the i'm gonna use the phrase like you don't know how much you don't know right right i was yeah. 19 I, I i consider myself open-minded but when you look at it right just like socioeconomically my mm-hmm. friends were from my high school which mm-hmm. was in the in the suburbs and like everyone there was you know it's like you you get there because you're in the suburbs uh of, you're in the school of a suburbs like a pretty nice uh, an okay suburbs um yeah. and then like you don't realize that you might see people of different colors people of different um sexual orientations people of different you know whatever um mm-hmm. but your worldview is still not huge right mm-hmm. and i i definitely think that there's there's only so far that you can can go without there's only so much that you can know and so much that you can feel and empathize with um Mm -hmm. without searching for stuff and i think that smash was a way for a lot of people and still is a way for a lot of people to just meet people from different you know like if you meet someone from a different country you meet someone from a different part of america right you Mm -hmm. you, it's just because you want to play the game just because you love marth or whatever just some random thing but mm-hmm. suddenly without realizing it what you're doing is you're connecting with people who have different experiences than you and because of that you're able to see them exactly like you said as mm-hmm. experiences and not just like stories right because right, right. a lot of the problem is people they're like i know this exists and i feel bad but like there's a limit to how much 
people kind of feel bad for something where they don't have any grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that smash is a weird way, right? It's like, I've talked before about how smash, like, um, people who do stuff in the scene come out the other end and they're like, wow, I just like playing this game. And now my organizational skills are so good. And I think it's the same thing with, uh, with like worldview people go into the scene just cause they love smash. They like played it when they were a kid and they come out with just like more, empathy and, and just like being open-minded to a level that i don't know if they were not to say that like you know obviously i i think that uh everyone can stand to be more open-minded i can stand to be more open-minded probably i don't know the ways that i'm not open-minded right it's just like i understand there's probably something out there that i don't know about that i'm not knowledgeable about but i i think mm-hmm. that like smash does a weird weirdly good job just like by the community of opening people's minds without even thinking about it edwin what mm-hmm. do you think i'm sure you've you've got some thoughts yeah, um, I actually just have one question for Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of reception to th- this kind of event, uh, did you notice a difference between how it was received this year in terms of like you know positive or negative or feedback or anything compared to what it w- was like last year? Oh, the the first time people were fucking pissed. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people were mad. It, it was it, I'm just saying it, it was a lot of white men that were pissed last year. It's usually who gets mad at this type of event. This year, because I think it happened last year, people see it, so it's not as perceived as bad. I think, um, and I also think what last year when we announced it, people thought it was for, like, Ultimate, and I think that's what blew it up. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, just no. Melee, uh, just because the Ultimate's online, just is, it's impossible. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, this go around, it wasn't as bad. Uh, but, you know, any anytime this type of stuff comes up, like I remember when Smash Sisters came out, a lot of people didn't like that. Um, you know, Gale, people don't like that. I mean, people are, you're always going to have, like, some uh, fucking racist who hates it. I'm just, just calling spade a spade. <laughs> but uh, for this time around, I think it was a lot more positive. I think it was a lot. I think it was a lot more positive, and I think too, just the way like society, like I don't know, twenty twenty two seems more tame than when we announced it in like late twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. Like back, then, it was a lot of shit just happening back then. Um, just it was just more a more hectic time. Not to say that's not like that now. I mean, it was only a year, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would say overall it was more positive, but you know, you still got the people who like you know call it like segregation and Jesus, Christ. you know, shit like that. And people always tell me, well, why I, why don't I host a white tournament and blah blah blah? I was like, oh, you can do that. Like, no one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna stop you, man. Like, you know, uh, but you know, you, you're always gonna have those type of people who like come around and just like are mad. I remember last year. A lot of the players were angry at that response. I remember Salt messaged me, Dewan. They were both a couple players were really were pissed that people were mad about that type of event. And then you know, but in my mind, that's more reason why we should have these type of events to challenge that rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, already yeah, there was I, a I guy on Twitter. People, oh, go ahead. Who, uh, already within a year, I think, like just continuing to run it. You're already, you know, if you said that the uh how the like how people respond is already changed then you're already seeing changes like that yeah so i, mm-hmm. I think that there's already 
reason to believe that continuing to run stuff like this, like that, yeah. that it'll just go away as it more happens, happens more. Sorry, I did cut yeah, you off. No, you're, you're good. No, it's just, just challenging that rhetoric. Um, and then, you know, just to, to put it on display, like, Hey man, like we need something that's done for us, you know, by us having, um, you know, I, I see a couple of dudes that were saying on Twitter, like, well, you know, I, I like the idea, but I don't like it in this way, blah, blah, blah. Like, you'll always have some white dude telling, like, black people how they should do things and feel and stuff like that. And my whole goal was to challenge that shit, like, deliberately. Like, yo, <laughs> like, if that makes you uncomfortable, good. Because this is how we feel majority, like, 99% of the time, right? This, this is a one fucking weekend where... It's just, you know, all black tournament in Black History Month, a month that was not given to us, like that we didn't make ourselves, to be real. So, you know, we're going to celebrate this month. And whoever feels weird about it, I, like, good. Because you, it, it, it puts all this shit on display. Why things are the way they are. You know, why there aren't that many black people that go to tournaments. Why... You know, uh, black people are like athletes and rappers and shit like that a lot of the times. Like, this event puts shit like that on display. And I don't think a lot of people like dealing with, like, the idea of just, like, that 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 challenge, you know? So, so you'll, you'll see people respond in that way. Um, but, yeah, I guess Edwin's initial question, I apologize if I veered off, uh, this go around, it was a lot more positive than the first time. I think the first time because people, uh, people hate what they don't understand, and because they didn't understand it, they shat on it a little bit more. But now I think people got a better understanding, and uh, a lot of people are very supportive. Of you guys, most people, like at least the known people, um, are supportive. I know. I feel like some people aren't. Because they, it's a slippery slope for them. But I also say they don't understand it. And the whole point is to put this on display for people to understand. Um, and just, I don't know, just, just put on display. Like I said, I encourage any person from a marginalized group that's going through stuff. Uh, and you want to celebrate like what your group has been through. And is going through and all that. By all means, man. I, I support it. Just like the... The, the net play for Palestine event, mm -hmm. you know, um, that was cool. Um, it, but even with that, like just having more things like that by the people who have to deal with those issues every day. Um, I, I, I encourage it just because I think it will help people understand their side of like, you know, what they go through daily. You know, and hopefully I word it that well. I'm sorry if that was like fucking, Long yeah, back. no, no, that was a, that was a good answer. I I only have one follow up, which yeah, is that uh, if if you ever ran this again, um, would you consider doing it in person? Yeah, so I wanted to do that initially, but it's just hard because you got to find a venue, place to do it. You got to fly people out. I just don't have the money or the like the resources. Like I I I am sponsored, but like that can only go, I can only do so much with that. Um, but if the funds were there. And the people that were involved were willing to do it. 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I would love to do something like that. Like, especially here in Oakland. Like, it's just like a very, um, this place is pretty historic response, black culture. Like having it, like, you know, when we did like, don't go down there or no, not don't go down there, Jeff. Like I'm not yelling. Um, that, that was done at Merritt College. That's where the Black Panther Party formed. You know, having something like that there, like when you, if you go in that that venue, there's a big ass picture of a dude with like a shotgun and like a sword like this, and, and it's Huey Newton, the founder of the Black Panthers. Oh wow! Initially, like That's a lot of people cool. don't know that, so I'm telling them like I was telling them was it Mango or Drug? I was telling somebody I was like, yeah, you know that's like founder of the Black Panthers, like. Bobby Seale's still alive. He's the other founder, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I would love to have something like that there because especially for a lot of older black people, they don't understand, like, esports and just gaming in general. And, like, I would love to link the two as far as that to show, you know, yo, this is what we do and it's cool. And to also show black people, like, hey, like, this is what we can create with what we got. I don't know. But one day... I would love to do it in person, but it's just, it's just hard because you got flights, hotels. It's just so much money. Online is just so much cheaper, but one day I would love to do that one day, but we'll see. I hope it works out. Uh, I mean, you've got two beautiful events that you already ran here. So uh, third one, if it's coming, regardless if it's in person or online, I think you're going to kill it. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, like the funds will work for that. But if there's a way for that to through sponsorships or something. Yeah. Real quick sponsors, any, any sponsors watching this, like some big ass sponsor, you want to do help host Bimmy 2023 (laughs) hit me, man. I'm all ears. Just, yeah. Cause I, I honestly think the outreach of it being in person, I think would be a lot bigger than if we did it online, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then we, especially with it being offline, we could probably do one for Ultimate too, you know? Like it, it would just, I don't know. I just think it would have more pull. But hey, I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, before we we go on, we're about to, you know, we're talking about this this wonderful event. Mm. We're going to talk about how uh, our wonderful little community. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, some of the more annoying parts of it. Do you have anything you want to say about Bemi before we move on? Any like last um, last words or anything? I, I just want to say thank you guys. Thank to anybody who uh, supported it. Any 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 non black person supporting this? Uh, you know, I, I truly appreciate it. I, I appreciate the 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 empathy that you have, the understanding that you have, of what uh are, like we go through as people. Not to say that other groups of people don't have issues. We all do as humans, but I, I appreciate that everybody is aware enough to be able to just empathize and understand the situations that our people go through as a whole. And also for our people that were involved in this event, like I said, it's, it's, it's just dope. Um, it's something that I'm I'm just glad that it, we were able to all create this without it stemming from something negative or spawning anything negative. It's all love. It's always support. And the fact that, you know, a bunch of black people could come together to do some dope shit. I'm always like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And, and, and what makes me happy about it, I think the biggest thing is like, um, people's parents 
followed the event. You know, oh, yeah. like I got players, parents following me on Twitter and shit like that. Or or like my mom coming up to me, telling me she's proud of me. And like, you know, it's, it's just one thing for like, you know, just because I did well or, or, or like did a tournament well or whatever. But it's like it's a it's a representation of not just the players involved. You know what I mean? And uh, to see like any black person, especially when I, I, I think about my grandmother. Right. Or like. My, my my nana my dad's mother like she was born in mississippi right uh had to deal with the whole whites only you know that's type of stuff walking hella far to use the bathroom that's not that far of like that that's a one two general like you know my dad uh i've told this before he he's born in mississippi his birth certificate it literally says negro on it just seeing like how far we came and seeing them like happy about that given like what the shit they had to go through for me to be here and do this it's like it means a lot so you know i'm just happy that people fuck with it and and like i said everybody who's just like showing like allyship in that regard it really means a lot um so thank you guys but uh yeah thank you (laughs) thanks Uh, obviously you know we still have more to talk about but yeah i mean i just want to thank you off the bat right here for for coming on here and uh, I, I think that like even people who understand what the message is, this is still like an amazing thing to hear because just going over it all, um, it's, yeah, it's obviously something that I think uh, was really accomplished well and, and getting your voice out there, getting your voice heard, getting literally the voices of your players heard. You had those wonderful interviews. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you killed this and... Sorry you know we, we mentioned the tournament how the tournament ran itself obviously great but even just what the tournament represented what's larger than the bracket matches and everything like that right um, and, i'm so and happy we got to talk about that thank you and to be fair i think the reason why you see so many inactive players enter this event is because of what it represents because they know it's bigger than how any of us perform or do it's bigger than that it's just the you know it's the overall message and so it's like Phil, for example, he doesn't really enter tournaments. But he's like, yeah, I'll, like Shroom said the same thing. I'll enter Bimmy every year because I don't care how good, bad I am, whatever. It 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 is bigger than any individual at that point. And I think that's why you see a lot of inactive players just be like, all right, let me dust off the controller for one weekend. And, you know, so, yeah. But thank you guys, you know, for showing support. Like, it really does mean a lot. Anything we can do. I yeah. think the event was amazing and whatever small part we can do to, to help it reach that vision, uh, which you reached the vision, you exceeded the vision. Cause uh, <laughs> Thank you. yeah, I, I, I was, I know we talked about how you, you like brought it to us, brought the idea to us, um, ran some things by, but like what the actual end product was, was something that exceeded my expectations. I think that oh, you right killed it in, in more ways than I can say. Yeah. Shout shouts to everybody involved. Uh, Jade, of course, helped me, uh, you know, shouts to Cav who edited, he edited a lot of the interviews that you saw. Dude, the week before I was just like doing, inter- I was just in Discord calls every day talking, to, you know, interviews, but it, it was cool. Shouts to everybody that, that did the interview too. Like hearing, not not just because like from my perspective, right? Uh, cis, straight, black male, right? But hearing like Alan's uh, uh, black experience journeys black experiences like 
you know, these and these are all unique experiences that I feel like should be heard. And it was cool to hear that. Like, I learned shit. You know what I, I learned? I, I, I'll end it on this. Uh, Alan, because Alan went to Merritt College. I told you that's where the Black Panther Party started. They said that for his tournaments that he hosted, they made the most off of a black fundraiser since the Black Panther Party. So he raised the most money for like black events at that college aside from the Black Panther Party. Obviously the Black Panther Party. Wow. But wow. I, thought, I thought that that blew my mind. Yeah, that was crazy. So shouts to Alan and what he did. But it's just you, you don't think about that shit like, right? Like you just go to a tournament, but in your head, like when you when you really look at that, you're like, damn, man, like you just influenced like, you know, just, you know, it's history right there. I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's good to be cognizant of everything that happens around us. And I think that this event, uh, you know, it's cognizant of the people like that each person, each individual, but also mm-hmm. of what these events mean, like what the event themselves mean. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate this so much. Are you ready to talk about what's going to be a less fun conversation? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I'm all ears. <laughs> I, I uh, see it in the, the, the little thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's usually a little elegant transition, but I, I think that it's probably <laughs> best to just rip the bandaid off. Um, so I, I'm sure people have seen by now, but earlier this week, Evo announced that they are going to have a reveal show for their games as they normally do. Mm-hmm. This time around, uh, they were as nice as they could possibly be about this, and they just told us straight up. They they said in the announcement that Smash not only is not going to be part of uh, Evo 2022, so Melee or Ultimate, but it's be- probably because of Nintendo. That's what it seems like. You know, they right. they, they call out Nintendo by name, um, and we obviously have history of Nintendo intervention. Hey, you can watch what? a. You can watch a, a good 30-minute video on the Melee There's Smash a history channel. of Nintendo intervention with Smash? <laughs> this is news to me! <laughs> well, Edwin, you must go to Melee Stats YouTube. <laughs> Check the game that Nintendo wishes it never made. No, obviously we all know about this. We've been around long enough. You know, Brandon, you've been around longer than we have. Um, but, like, time after time, there's just examples of this. And we live in this, like, weird time where... So we, we made the video, of course, you know, um, I think this was October. I think it came out uh, and the uh, announcement for Panda, uh, the Panda Nintendo circuit was in November. And we had these very funny YouTube comments, which were very nice. They were like, wonderful video. It's a shame that it's a little outdated now. And even then I was like, I don't think it's outdated. You know, even if Nintendo gives us a circuit, they do everything we want. It's important to know the history. Uh, and now we're just kind of seeing history repeat itself already this quickly. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Evo as Melee fans, uh, Evo has not had Melee since I think it was 2018 was the last one. That was also the only Evo I went to. So oh, really? glad I, I got one in. Um, so it's been some years since Melee has been there. And I think Melee fans have kind of resigned to the fact that despite the fact they could get like a thousand entrants or so, um, that it just wasn't in the cards to, to have two smash games there. But I think the, the fact that this included ultimate as well, you know, that was the leading game at the last yeah. Evo 2019. It was the first year for ultimate. I, I, but even then it had like almost a thousand more entrants than the next leading game. Right. Right. It's so it's so, like, we're, 
<laughs> we're just getting to this part where we uh, we talked with Blur last week or two weeks ago, our last episode. We talked with Blur and we talked about how Smash as a whole and Melee, as, uh, of course, as well, is like the best bang for your buck that you can do if you're if you're an organization. FlyQuest just basically donated fifty thousand dollars to us, and we are like already it's week two and we're already like loving them right right um you know if you're a if you're a tournament or sorry if you're a if you're a big um organization what like what the the goodwill you can get by running a tournament or by sponsoring a player or by you know golden guardians obviously it's got the grassroots fund like the the amount of tens of thousands of dollars that you throw into to melee and people end up loving you for it put that tens of thousands of dollars into overwatch or something and it makes no mark at all right it's just you're throwing money in the trash um so it's like we're at this weird part where we spend a whole episode talking about how melee is looking up because of the fact that we are able to do so much with so little mm-hmm. and we turn around and one of the things that could do most for us evo not even us for melee just like even smash just having smash ultimate there uh and we look at it we see that nintendo's just not evolved right Mm-hmm. so it definitely feels some kind of way about that um but yeah i don't know what was your thoughts brandon like i don't know if you had any specific thoughts on this uh i'd be lying if i said i was surprised you know i figured once sony took over evo it was a wrap like that's that i already thought yeah it's probably not gonna i'd be shocked if nintendo was there and sony owns the tournament yeah no way uh so yeah bummer but i mean i don't know in ways it's like a blessing because you know everybody kind of thinks evo sucks as far as the smash perspective like it gets hard carried by vegas being real although rick is in charge of it now yeah yeah so it's just gonna be a better event however um i don't know I, i i just feel like you know, it, it opens the doors up for for places like Genesis even more so and Big House to really just be the Evos that we've already had, you know, that we just kind of take for granted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Evo has the prestige because of, you know, where it is and just how it has always been ran. And I think Smash, especially just being around back in the day when Smash wasn't as big as the FGC, Smash was always like the little brother to the FGC. They, you know, you always they always kind of look down on it until it got to a point where you know our numbers were like just bigger and just more. You know, there's more resources in Smash. You could like finding tutorials for games like like a lot of FG like fighting games. It's, it could be hard. You know, whereas like Melee, you know, there's like SSBM tutorials, there's Patreons, there's all kind of, there's Metafies, there's all kind of stuff. And I think because of all these little things that people have done in the community from, you know, the the lessons to the hack packs to making rollback, shout out to Fizzy, to all these little things, 20XX, all that stuff, you just get more people into the community and because there's more resources, so more people are able to play it, and uh, it just got to a point where more people are just playing these games, and they got more popular. And same with Ultimate, obviously Ultimate being newer, um, 
you just get more people. And, you know, I, I always thought that, you know, we we want the validation from Evo to be a part of what everyone else is a part of, but we've already had Evos without even realizing it. And I think with Big House and Genesis, maybe there's another tournament in the mix somewhere that can get involved, but these tournaments is really open season for them to like take that floor because Smash is still a big market. Um, a lot of people play it. So, I mean, hey, uh, so much as it sucks, there's no Evo. You can make a, a Smash version of that and just put all the games in there and then boom, you know? Like yeah, that. if I can if I can just say yeah. so really quickly, mm-hmm. I almost forgot that uh, not necessarily that Evo was a thing, but <laughs> because of the pandemic and because it's been what since 2018 since Melee appeared at Evo. Mm-hmm. I in twenty nineteen, I guess, since Smash appeared at Evo. In fact, thinking about it more, it's mostly just because of the pandemic. But yeah, but like reason why. But like but... thinking about it a little bit more, like it's funny that this is like news to us because like the scene, I would say, even during like you know, however COVID may turn out, I, I think the scene isn't a really good place for for mm-hmm. the eventual you know return of the second return of LAN events. Uh, I think it's a great time to get involved in melee. I think there's a ton of. Uh, interest in returning players there's a ton of new people coming into the scene this is kind of like a new generation of slippy kids and whatnot and the idea that like the community could be in this position to where like you know forget melee for a second but like evo is not gonna have a smash game and you Mm -hmm. know at least on the melee side it seems like we'll be okay Mm -hmm. or that it's it's kind of a minor annoyance that represents a larger uh obstacle of nintendo sort of i think mm-hmm. it speaks to volumes for the uh, the community's effort and like our, our ability to kind of maintain this entire infrastructure this this network around this game that we really believe in and want to see continue doing mm-hmm. well with all its community members i guess it's kind of like a that's, that, that's a bit of a glass half uh half full <laughs> approach yeah. but uh don't get me wrong uh, it's it's really frustrating that at least for the the smash community as a whole that uh, it's not going to have this opportunity, which would have been pretty helpful. But I don't mm. think. But I don't. I don't think. I, I think the scene will be fine. It's just. Yeah. It sucks to hear something out loud, even if you know it's true, right? It's like this. Yeah. It's not even about melee. It's just like even if you know something's true, it's just tough to hear the words, and you know, in this case, read the words. Um, but I, I think both of you are right. You know, Brandon, you, you make that case about the community. The community has this infrastructure because we don't expect anything from Nintendo, right? Mm. If you waited around for Nintendo to make what you want, you would, it would never happen. So that's the reason why we have a top 100. That's the reason why we've got, you know, uh, Uncle Punch and Rollback and all these things. Like, obviously, you know, you've got mods for different games. Um they're able to like do stuff to make the game easier and they do have uh grassroots scenes of course but but yeah like the the fact that nintendo not having a foothold means that we don't have to be worried if they like magically you know take uh take all their chips out of smash Mm -hmm. because they don't have any chips and we're doing pretty fine right now i i guess it's just like confusing to me right um i don't know if it's not Evo, then what, right? I get the Sony thing. I've seen a lot of people saying the Sony thing, and I think that's good reasoning. 
I think it's kind of uh, a little bit of a bullshit reason, though, right? It makes sense from a business perspective, but it's also just like, if you really cared, it's overall good. It's net good, even if it's not your, if it, even if it's your competitor. Edwin, what do you think? Well, this is what I think. We, you know, you've just given me a great idea. Okay, what if? What if this is all a plan from Nintendo? I don't like how you're <laughs> because like you're they're going right to reveal their Evo coming up in a coming up at the same time. Like maybe ah, oh, it, it just hit me. Maybe as some part of like some kind of circuit with uh, official events. Uh, I'm sure it'd be planned really well with. Uh, a lot of transparency given to the community and and whatnot i i can't imagine that something like this could just uh you know like be announced and then totally left uh under the table and uh, not acknowledged at all surely there there has to be some kind of plan like a mastermind plan so uh you know it's it's interesting right that's part of the confusion that i talk about because if you look at every other game, they've got some sort of connection. Like the, any game that has Evo and has a circuit, it's some sort of thing. Some games, it's like a premiere. Some games, it's its own thing. Some games are like, yeah, this is like, you know, there's like champions or like, and then there's Evo. It's like this weird separate thing because there's that's the only way that they can they can do it. They can like, um, you know like they have to incorporate evo into them i think for capcom uh world tour or whatever it's called it's capcom pro tour uh, i believe they have very specific rules it has to be like run um you know like best of five top eight and all these things in order to qualify and they've just like they have to work with evo on these types of things because they understand that they are working with evo not evo's working with them um but yeah it's like we are seeing pretty perfect opportunity for what would be a premiere event in a circuit. Um, but it's not the case. Uh, and we are getting into March. It's officially March, which is coming up on, you know, I think it's past four months since we, we heard the announcement the announcement is in November, late November. Um, and I don't know. People might know, but I don't know as someone who, it has a little connection to the scene, but more importantly, I have no idea as a, as a spectator, right? The average person has no idea what's going on. You see the announcement. Uh, and I guess like, you know, the, the cynical take is that they just made the announcement without any intention of doing anything and just get the goodwill from like all the people who, you know, saw all the boycott Nintendo stuff. Um, but it's just like, you mention it. We're, this is a great time to get into Melee because we're about to have a bunch of tournaments. Double Down got pushed back. Yeah, of course. But what we do have is we have Genesis. We've got The Function, which is going to be a smaller event that has a bunch of top players. Same with Smash Camp, which is also going to be like small in entrant numbers, but tons of top player representation. Uh, we have probably a Summit coming up very soon. That's not something that would be involved in a circuit more than likely, but like there is reason to believe that like the scene right now is healthy. And if you're going to have a Genesis in a few weeks, like in, in, you know, six weeks, whatever it is, you'd think by now we'd know if it was partnered with Nintendo, if it was a circuit event. And it's just like, I have no idea, you know, like are people signing up for CEO thinking that there's going to be a circuit with them or are they just signing up because they're happy to see that 
Melee's back. It's it's like what do they want from us, right? What's the we got to know something. I don't know, Brandon. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like everyone I, else, right? I think yeah. I mean, it's probably some legality shit going on that we just don't know about. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's kind of just, you know, it, it's because I know pandas, this is not the only thing that they've kind of like just announced and we're kind of like wondering what the fuck. Because I thought that with the controllers too, and keep it real. Um, and we're kind of just waiting, but I know it's probably takes a long time to like, I could imagine if you're emailing like some higher up in Nintendo, how long that takes just to get to that person's inbox so who knows man who who really knows i I wish i could give you like a solid answer on like when the circuit would come or why i mean none of us can that's the point of this right i really just don't we've entered the third month of 2021 and we not only have we not had events for sorry 2022 we've entered the third month of 2022 and not only have we not had events in the you know for the two months that came before this we've not had news we don't know if an event's coming like i don't know you would basic ideas with this is that you'd think that if an event was partnered we know by now even if it was in may or june or whatever so it's like i don't i don't know what to believe at this point right edwin what do you what do you think i mean the thing is it's like think about think about nintendo for a second right like this is a massive company like like multi billions of dollars they're basically like the like as big as you could get for like specifically video games right Mm -hmm. and the thing is like when you when you have a when there's a massive giant like this you know its decisions are on and its operations are on such a scale that like people like you or me or you know most people watching this like we can't fathom that right there's so many things that go into like their decision making calculus that we wouldn't even like think about that just have to do with like money and like ownership over ip and and things like that right Mm -hmm. in terms of like they have this much time they have this many resources what are they going to pay attention to and what do they need to pay how much attention do they need to pay to something to retain control over it while doing all these other things right so it's like this is this is one of those things that it's so hard to conceptualize whatever headspace they're in because their their entire um, the way that they make decisions around us is part of their broader decision making uh, process that affects like a bajillion other things that we wouldn't even think about and like yeah. the terrifying part of that is that like this is our community. This is something that we put a lot like our heart and soul into for, for some of us. It's basically like a, it gives us the same kind of, if not a greater kind of professional fulfillment than the thing that we do for a job or, or things that we did for our jobs. So to have like all this effort that we're putting into something that it doesn't quite feel like, in fact, you know what? Forget feelings for a second. We just, it just literally, we don't own a lot of what we're, a lot of what we're putting effort into because there's always the chance that in the off in the in the offhand that we think we own it this company is going to come in and without any other like explanation that we may think we're owed they're going to take it away or tell us that it's actually theirs 
right? Mm. And this is what this is what makes this whole situation so frustrating because it's not just the fact that we don't know about the circuit. We and it's not just the fact that we don't know about whatever future events come come along and we don't even know whether, you know, maybe maybe a week before Genesis they they send a letter to Genesis giving them an offer they can't refuse in the form of sponsorship. Is that we is that we is that the lack of knowledge we have in this, the lack of transparency to the public, to the rest of the community, uh, it, it's indicative of, um, or it reflects how little control we have over this thing that we really love and we care about and that we, we, and that we fear is going to be taken away from us in the, in the way that we, the, you, you know, like that's, that's, what's really frustrating with this. Like, I, I think, um, I mean, obviously now is not like exclusively the time, but I think that you know it's if you're an average member of the community and you want to see the scene do well, you want to see contributors have ownership over the things that they do, and you want them to continue growing the scene in the way that they see fit. You should be extremely, you should be extremely skeptical of this idea that like Nintendo ever has the scene's interest in it at heart. Number one. And like, this is not a moral judgment on people at Nintendo. This is not like an interpersonal thing. This is just the reality of how big com- companies operate and the reality of what it's like if you think that your best interests are in trusting this big company to operate your scene. You're being like, we're be- we're seeing parts of the scene getting pulled into the like Nintendo vortex, right? We're being told that like, you know, maybe we can exit this vortex with a, with a lot more uh, riches or a lot more like good things for the scene, right? But we don't even know what that we, like as far like we don't even know what that is for tournaments that get sponsored by Nintendo. And you know, frankly, like if we like give conceding more control to this or or entertaining this idea that like you know working with this company will have our scene's best interest in heart, I I don't know if I can really buy it. Maybe is it is it worthwhile to have people in the community provide some kind of perspective of of uh recon- like maybe not reconciliation but understanding and like having some kind of relationship with Nintendo? Yeah, I, I mean maybe, but like I don't think, but I think as a whole, like most community members should be extremely skeptical and extremely wary, and like whatever that is, that should be the exception. That should not be the standard or the rule. And that that's just my opinion. It's a communication failure, right? We've we've had zero information on this, besides the fact that it's supposedly a thing. Um, and yeah, there's a couple different ways to look at it. I, I guess maybe a generous reading of that is that saying like, well, it's a big company. They're all important. So this probably takes a long time. Um, but you can tell that if that were the case, and that means we're not important because they're just yeah. like, they aren't taking their time doing it. Like they're, they are taking their time doing everything. We're not prioritized. We're not uh, prioritized, and apparently we apparently, but apparently we're prioritizable enough to where we can't have control over what we do. And it's just the I think that's part of it too, right? We're in a weird in between, um, where I will still say we're in a great time for melee. I think, of course. luckily, the past couple years we've been able to say that this is some of the best melee, some of the best melee ahead of us. And I think that every time we said that, it's pretty much true. And I think you can say that right now. But what's also happening is that we're talking about the melee that we are making ourselves, right? We're talking about the grassroots events. We're talking about all the stuff that we know to be happening. And what you mentioned about, it's basically, it's all up in the air, right? We don't know what Nintendo's doing. And we know what Nintendo have done in the past. 
So there is a chance that something might happen and they're like, actually, what's going to happen is this. And then what we think is going to happen, you know, the, all the announced events suddenly are going to have to uh, do this new thing or, you know, fit these new directions. We just saw this past week, Capcom talked about their community license, which is this way of running events for smaller events, I believe. Uh, I was not able to read the entire thing, so I might be wrong on some of this, but I believe there's a way that they view events. Um, and basically, like if you are a very large organization, if you're like Samsung or something and you want to run an event, it's going to be different than the way that I would run a Street Fighter event, right? If I were mm -hmm. to do it. Like they're obviously, Capcom is going to have different views on that. Um, so I believe what's happening is they created a community license, which is basically like, this is a tournament, like this is a street fighter tournament. You're all above board. Um, and in a way where instead of having people apply for it or individual, like case by case basis, it's just this whole thing where it's like, here are all the rules. The rules that were laid out were insane. Let me, let me read you some of them. I have some of them in front of me. Um, the prize pool of the event must be set and clearly disclosed in advance of the event in the event in the event rules and must be under $2,000 per event. So meaning events with uh, well, events that have over $2,000 or events that have dynamic prize pools, meaning from donations or stuff like that, you're kind of screwed. It's, you know, um, Let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm reading through it now. I know there was something about... Okay, yeah, here. You, you may not charge any fee to spectators to participate in an event. Damn. Which is insane, because you're talking to people... You know, spectator fee is obviously going to be lower than what it costs to, to um, you know, play in an event. But you're telling me that this person can just come in, you know, like the $40 or whatever that a spectator pass pays, it pays towards these events so they can run. It, you know, right. it's, it's, it's like, like what a saying, venue fee is. It's like saying, like, yo, you could watch this NBA game for free. Yeah. You just go yeah. into fucking the Madison Square Garden and <laughs> not pay a ticket. That'd be fucking crazy. Yeah, they would sell like, out every night. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of, you know, getting more spectators into it. But I'm like, this can't be the way, right? You're there seems like they are screwing over. Um, smaller tournament organizers and i don't think that's the intention but we've already seen tournaments drop street fighter the juicy is a monthly in florida and they just dropped street fighter i know street fighter 5 you know people are expecting this to be the last year for it and street fighter 6 coming out in 2023 but like street fighter is one of the biggest games and one of the biggest companies probably the biggest company in fighting games unintentionally or intentionally scared off people from running the game. And I, I don't, I see that. And I don't see a reason why we should think that that's completely out of the question for Nintendo. Right. We have no idea what they're doing. And it's just like, okay, well, if Capcom can do that, Capcom who Nintendo fans look at and say like, well, they treat their game better than us. If they can do that, then what about our game who we know in the past few years has, Canceled PM, P plus from Riptide, shut down the big house online. Um, you know, obviously there's all that stuff about like whether or not we could have gotten an E League or something. Uh and 
the thing that starts it all, which is Evo. It's like there's a history to this, and yeah, I I, don't, I think that like what Evo means to Smash, Evo could be great for Smash, could get a lot of eyes. Evo's not something we need, but what this decision means doesn't make sense to me, and the confusion starts to become me getting a little worried. So I I truly have no idea what follows from here. Yeah, um, me neither. At least it's on Nintendo's end. And it, it kind of just like fighting games in general, right? I feel like those two are like Capcom and Nintendo are like the, the yeah. biggest ones. So it's, just, <sighs> it's so, it, it was, I guess with Nintendo, I, I get why they wouldn't care as much to reach out to their like the, the competitive scene, just given the fact that their audience is so broad, it's like millions of like you know so many people on in the world playing nintendo games we're just like a small pocket but i feel like at least with capcom i mean they also have a big fan base but i just feel like street fighter being one of their most renowned games and knowing like the history with evo that they have is it's kind of mm-hmm. weird that they would I, I think that. that the the community license probably doesn't fall. Evo probably doesn't fall under that. I think Evo's big enough to be its own thing. But yeah, it's just like the idea of if you want a grassroots tournament, that now you might have stipulations which include no spectator fee, can only be two thousand dollars, and you and, and it needs to be. Uh, you need to show how much it is beforehand, uh, which is by the way the way that you know. Obviously, we all know this, but to anyone who doesn't, the way that most prize pools is that you pay money to enter and then you get a cut of that money. So you don't know how much it's going to be until everyone's done entering, until registrations ends. Um, and there's also a part about no TV broadcast, which you know, I don't think Smash is about to be on ABC or anything anytime soon. But it is like it is weird to see this limiting uh, and maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not reading it right. Maybe maybe there's something that I'm missing on this. But like, it's baffling to me to see this, and uh, I, I don't know how this relates to Nintendo. But I just like it feels yeah, weird. I just think it's like a form of control, right? Like, you know, you wanna you wanna cut that pipeline before it gets too big. I think it's like fear of I, I at least even if like Capcom runs shit tournaments, at least it's like their tournament right but when you have somebody running a tournament for your game better than you that's like a threat i feel like for them and i feel like you just if you cut all the small like to's for me be given getting a chance to build that rapport with the community then you just have a more form of control of what you want to do and it makes it to where just like all right well if we wipe out all these smaller ass events and make them meaningless at least all the people that show up to our events will only go to our events. That's what I would think. I, it just seems like a form of control to me. I can't think of another reason why you would you would hold like small tos other than the fact of like you would see them as a threat to your shit. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, it's a scary. It's a weird time because it's a scary time because we know that stuff can happen. Uh, I yeah. mean, it wasn't that long ago where drag you couldn't run Dragon Ball Fighters when it was like the biggest game, and like they didn't even it was like a toey thing. They weren't even really. Uh, I don't know if we really got a idea why, like specifically, um, but some sort of rights issues, and now Capcom and 
like a absolute uh just like nothing from nintendo that we're getting so it's all very confusing uh i I guess like all i can say at this point is that like despite all of this maybe i'm maybe i'm just like optimistic in a way where i shouldn't be but i think smash is still gonna be great right like what we mentioned all those tournaments Mm -hmm. i'm still hyped for all of them and i think that an important takeaway is that if you want to support melee you know you can you there are avenues to do so you can watch you know you can hey Talk about, you know, if you like Street Fighter, Combo Breakers coming up. There's like all these different ways to uh, support the games. And and I think it's a weird time because these games are very big, but it's it's very clear that at any point <laughs> our little overlords could do whatever they want. So it's like you got to enjoy the game while it lasts. Um, mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of running on the end of the show. Let's uh, let's move on. We've got some patron questions for me. We had some good ones, but we... we uh, you know, I, I really loved having some conversations with you. So we went a little bit too long to have a bunch. Um, so we'll just oh, read a good. few. Mm-hmm. I've got one from Contra from new patron Contra. Oh, so uh, Connor asks, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Connor asks, what's your favorite tournament you've attended that gets overlooked, forgotten, or generally isn't talked about much. So favorite overlooked tournament that you attended. Wait, can, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So what's your favorite tournament you've attended that gets overlooked, forgotten, or generally isn't talked about much? Um, favorite tournament? I don't know. So I feel like it's been so long since I've been to uh, a tournament. <laughs> trying to think. Uh, you've, been, you've been to a lot of tournaments over your life, though. Overlooked. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, even just yeah. like, you know, Melee's rich history, is there something that maybe isn't thought of that much nowadays? Like, even if it was big at the time, I think there's still stuff that kind of falls through the cracks. Yeah, hold on. Uh, is it cool? Can you guys give me one second? Yeah, Slady. Uh, I asked her about a CRT because I'm trying to buy CRTs, and she just fucking um. This bad. All right, her. next question. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Calm down, Edwin. He's buying yeah, a no, CRT. I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just. This kidding. is. He's doing melee work. <laughs> Fair enough. And she just like read, put the ad shitty. Then I was like, she's like having CRTs and VCRs for sale. And I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to like buy the VCRs. And then she just snapped, like, are you dumb? Is English your second language? And I told her, relax. And then I just blocked her. Damn. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> uh... What a mean thing to say to someone. Is English your second language? Like, what? <laughs> when she clearly, like, put on a shitty ad. Fucking psycho. Uh, well, if anyone's looking for both a CRT and a VCR, they know where to look for. How do you block? Oh, yeah, I blocked her. Okay. <laughs> it's insane. Okay, sorry. I, like, wanted to snap and, like, just call her a bunch of expletives, but I just didn't do that. I just told her to relax and block that. All right. Um. Overlook <laughs> tournament. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, off the top of my head. Uh, nah, I can't remember. Um, sorry, Connor. I'm like, I'm like kind of pissed at what this lady did. So I'm like, <laughs> still in thought about that fucking idiot. Um, but um, nah, I can't. Um, uh, well, maybe it just means that every tournament you went to got the praise it deserves. Really good tournament. I mean, there's a lot. I'm just trying to think of one of as of recent. I haven't been to one recently. Does it have to be offline? Could be whatever. Um. Damn, this feels bad because I feel like I like. Well, I feel like maybe maybe we'll we'll do the. We've got one more. Maybe we'll do the next question then. See if we <laughs> yeah. get a response after. I'll. Uh... Okay. I'll jump into the next question from Seal. So what was the most surprising part of Bemi this year? Uh, any results from players that surprised you? Oh, well, shout out to Seal. I see you in the chat. Um, <laughs> I mean, Billy winning in the fashion he won was obviously a surprise. Um, how receptive people were to the interviews, I didn't think those would land. I thought people would just be like, hurry the fuck up. When's it going to start? You know, like that. I thought that energy was gonna be a thing, but I realized a lot of people like content in between the gameplay. Like, obviously, they don't want to wait too long. And what I realized is having like content like two hours before the event, two like an hour or so after, it like worked. It, it was received really well because you know you get all the gameplay, but when it's over. You still have stuff to watch. Uh so yeah, that that was uh that was uh I think that the the interviews, like how they were received really I wasn't ready for that, I guess. Even though like I wanted to have a bunch of content ready. I, I was shocked at how many people liked the uh the interviews. I think um, they were great. We we had someone specifically ask about the interviews, so like another patron question that you know mm-hmm. we just weren't able to really get to um so yeah i mean i think people really liked him it's, it's a good way we talked about um a lot of people just see these players especially in the online era it's just like characters on the screen so i think it's a good way to humanize people and humanize people uh you know even outside the tournament i know that people who did not participate in the tournament also had interviews so i think that's super cool just community mm-hmm. members in general right right there was one interview or there was one I forgot to put out uh, and it was a segment like cause I, one of the questions I asked everyone was what it was being black in America like for you. And uh, it was a compilation of everyone's answer. Uh, I'll probably drop that on YouTube or something at some point. But yeah, I mean, I'm just glad people like the content. We wanted to do more, but it's just hard to get everyone together and then film it, you know. But, you know, I, the fact that so many people like it, I think is really a good thing. Something I try to, I'm going to try to do next time, you know, make it more. Of course. Thing. I think it was super cool. And uh, if you're able to level it up from here, I, I, you know, I think that'd be amazing because uh, what you put forward was, was incredible. Overlook tournament. You got an overlook tournament? <laughs> Me? <laughs> um, Question. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to Connor's um, question. My bad. I, I'm still snapping <laughs> on that lady. I wanted to report her, dude, for being a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, it was. She was just like no reason to like snap. Like, dude, you got issues. You need help. You should not. No wonder you haven't sold those CRTs. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. Um. Yeah, overlooked tournament, man. I I really can't think of one as a late. All good. Off the top of my head, like just ever. Yeah. Uh, like there's tournaments that were cool, but over overlooked though. <laughs> well, we'll move on past it. We're it's so hard. I feel like can I answer of... this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I can't. Uh, so obviously, this is not what uh, Contra was looking for, but I. I have a pretty cool answer for this. I think one of the most uh, overlooked, like really big tournaments ever is a HTC throwdown. I think there's so much to remember from that event. Uh, I, I think drug Fox has run through losers like him going up against the NorCal crowd. Uh, was pretty great. I thought mm-hmm. Silent Wolf's run the second was great. Uh, or excuse me, third place. Uh, Leffen's just like total smackdown of Hungry Box is memorable. <laughs> uh, Mango getting knocked out with of the, the event. glasses. Or... Leffen with the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mango uh, get getting knocked out of the event early was crazy for the time. Uh, I think HTC th- throwdown. I think they actually flew a bunch of players to the event as well. It was yeah, just like yeah. a very uh, like I think uh, if you brought it up to someone, they they might be tempted to remember it as like a relic of 2015. But it was actually pretty groundbreaking in a lot of ways, and a lot of like historic uh, sets happened there. And I don't also think I that... believe still to this day the biggest one day tournament in melee history. Oh, is it? I could be wrong about that. And but, I got uh... something about that tournament. Um, yeah, I got the fuck uh, you, well, you be plop, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, one of the, uh, melee stats, Dean, one of the greatest the, the, of all time. The one, the one lucky asset. But uh, nah, that was a, yeah, that was a good tournament. So I mean, if we're doing ever, I I guess I like um, I'm not yelling like those the mm-hmm. ones at Merritt College, like those type of events. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. Uh, obviously, there's bias. I think an event that gets overlooked that I've never even been to is uh tipped off. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was a big series for a while. And it kind of, that I think the last one was in what twenty fifteen. It was like it happened while Summit, the first Summit happened, it was the right. same weekend. The fire alarm uh, set. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's definitely this thing where you know a lot of people who joined Melee uh, after twenty sixteen or after whatever, you know, it kind of missed the biggest time of melee but but for yeah i think you're right for a long time it was important uh usually we don't do a round table for the questions but i i do want to say something that, something that i've never been to but i want to give you a shout out um i don't know how involved you were but i'm pretty sure you were involved i i don't know if people know i i do i help like compile the photos for mpgr so i'm always going through all these like photo albums for smash events mm-hmm. uh and i was going through one recently to try to find the perfect picture for you know when we put the announcement on twitter and for the thumbnail so i was trying to look for a good picture of you and i stumbled mm-hmm. upon an album that didn't have you at all but i think you were at was the wombo combo 10th anniversary that oh, was something yeah. just looking through the pictures that's something where if you don't ask a lot of people i don't think they know just looking through the pictures looks like such a fun event to be at yeah. one it was like ludwig and slime were commentating toph was there um yeah yeah they they had good players who were there but also 
That uh, bro, I they, feel like our shit gets super overlooked. At least all in the that pizza. Back there was pizza and cake, dude. I, yeah. I looked at this and I was like, I want to go to this event. This is yeah, bro. We the had QPUS fat uh, grand finals was so cool. We awesome. had we had seventy setups. That's insane. That tournament. Wild. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, it was kind of weird because like. Mango did some weird stream shit with Scar after. Still, so that just automatically overlooked the event. No knock to that, but it was just like, it kind of just like was weird. <laughs> and then uh, fucking, um, what what was the next thing that, uh, oh, Ultimate had came out that weekend. That, that Friday <laughs> Ultimate came out. So it was just like a bunch of things that a lot of people weren't really paying attention. So, but I mean, the people at the event have fun. And that's all that matters. Over 200 people went. That was cool. I feel like I had an innovation there that none of the TLs use that I did there. And it worked out well. It was like an implementation of flags. Can, can I explain to you guys this, by the way? Yeah, I feel please. like every major should do this. All right. So, you know, you know, when you go to a big ass tournament, you're kind of just like lost in the void of where your pool is. You'll see some shitty, like, letter, number, sign, A1, A2, A3, right? Instead of that, I thought that was fucking stupid, right? Because most people don't pay attention. So I was like, let's make it obvious. Try to make it, like, idiot-proof, right? <laughs> no knock to anyone, but it's just it's just easier, right? So what we did, had a set of colored wristbands, right? So depending on what pool you are, you had a certain color. There were flags of that color on each pool. So if you were in wave A, it was red, right? You you were in the red wave. Check your wristband. You look up, see a big ass red flag, and then you go there, and that's where your setup was. And uh, that's what we did for that tournament. And I thought it went well because no, I only got that question one time out of like two hundred people. And uh, once I told them to check their wrist, they're like, "Oh yeah," and then they, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like majors should do shit like that more. But that's take notes, me. majors. I like Get this idea. It. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Um, yeah, that was a. Uh, you know what? I like that little patron question because we got to do a fun little roundtable thing. We don't usually do that for patron questions. What we do a roundtable thing for? You know, it's, we're we're running down uh, one of the last one of the last segments of our show. Um, we, we, we go around and we talk about something that we haven't done or some, something outside of Melee that we've been doing recently. Because I, I think part of devoting so much time to Melee is that a lot of times people see us as just people in Melee and they don't really see us as people. Um, although, yeah, I do think that events like Bemi and stuff show that you know there's more to Melee or there's more to Melee players than Melee. But oh, yeah. we have a little uh, officially untitled segment that we like to call Touch and Grass. And it's basically going through stuff that's been going on in our lives recently. Um, so I'll go first. I'll give you guys some time to think. Um, the thing that I want to say is something that I've used before recently, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. And the reason why this is different is because now we have James Harden. Uh, and watching that guy play, obviously he's known as one of the greatest players who's currently playing. You know, one of the top 30, 40 players of all time, whatever you want to call it watching him play with the offense that I've been watching for however long. It's just amazing, but I've used this before I've used 76ers before. So I will not say that this week. Uh, instead, I will say something that I've been doing recently is I've been going to live concerts, live music 
has been coming back. I bought like a ton of tickets to stuff last year, uh, last like winter, um, like December, you know, November, 2021, uh, for events in the future. And they just kind of got like pushed back or were already scheduled. And I went to one Thursday and one Saturday and I've got one coming up next week. Um, and it's amazing. I, I thought they were great. Uh, one of the fun things about an area like Philly is that I think that a lot of the people are pretty, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I think every city says this, but I, I do like the crowds that we have there. Um, I've got a friend from New York who visited, so happened to visit one of those days and he bought a ticket and he said that the crowds in New York are completely different. They're just like dead compared to what we have here. Uh, so it was super fun. I was able to be front row, you know, I got there however early, like not even that early. Um, and was able to, to like, just get front row at both of the concerts that I went to. So I thought that was amazing. Um, I might as well shout out the artists that I saw, I, uh, all women based artists, which was super cool too. I do forget the name of the opening act of the one. So unfortunately I don't remember. Uh, but on Thursday I saw the Beths, which is a band from New Zealand. Great power pop band from there. Uh, if you just like good guitar hook songs, like that's a great one. And then I saw a band that uh, I think was on like the uh, Euphoria soundtrack, I think. Uh, But they're called Pom Pom Squad. They opened for uh, a band called Illuminati Hotties, which is just this like awesome energy filled uh, band that like did all these different kinds of music. It was, it's just like, you know, punk rock one song. And the next one was like a ballad. It was the audience was captivated the entire time. Um, So that's what I've been doing. I, I I've been going to those shows. And then I think, by the time we have the next episode, I will have been to a show for one of my favorite bands, which is the microphones, which is probably going to be like an acoustic heavy set. But um, I, I've been like pretty excited that live music has returned and just appreciated it. Cause like we've had it taken away. And then during Omicron, we had it taken away again. Um, so happy to have that. And then very soon after that, we'll be going to events, but uh, to smash events, but obviously smash events have no place in touching grass edwin what have you been up to uh just uh same as usual i've been reading i'm in the middle of uh reading a book uh how europe underdeveloped africa by walter rodney which is which is pretty interesting uh i mean if you if you heard me talk about like any of the stuff i read i typically like reading like 20th century like cold war books but typically from like the perspective of the quote-unquote like third world like the i think last time brandon was on yours was central american countries right yeah i just love (laughs) i love internationalism like the like i love learning about what's going on in other countries especially like latin america like eight like southeast asia and and like africa in particular i think are like massive parts of the world with a lot of like analogous situations to or a lot more analogous situations to like north american politics than we necessarily like associate like a lot of people have a very like eurocentric vision of the world or like american centric vision of the world so i i think it's just like cool to read up on the global south and stuff and i still have a lot more to learn about that but like but the the book so far i'm reading is like is pretty interesting um that's one thing i'm doing uh, another thing i've picked up a, a lot uh, in the last like two weeks is cooking a lot more so that's been pretty fun. Just it's it's a fun little hobby that you can kind of like see your you can see like um, what kind of progress you make based on the quality of meal that you have. Like you know, it's just a it's just a good life skill. Um, I 
I've been pretty happy with my vegetable chopping skills. Uh, uh, no, it sounds really silly. You do the thing we, where you're supposed to curl your fingers inward. So if you, <laughs> you, you know that, right? To curl your fingers inward? Yeah, if you're holding a vegetable. You're not supposed to hold a vegetable like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, know. yeah, you, yeah. Oh, yeah, fingers. yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Okay, well, that. you acted like you were surprised, so. Well, I wasn't sure what you meant because that's just how I like normally. Oh, okay. It. You're just like a, a natural at this. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, but that's been really fun. I've been doing it with my spouse for a bit. Last week, we made a Cajun shrimp pasta. Uh, a bit like the week before that, we made uh, just like, just kind of like some like some lemon lemon salmon thing with it with a with just a roasted Brussels sprouts and green beans. So this week I'm going to try to make a make a Cajun salmon with some uh, Cajun seasoned home fries and uh, broccoli and everything. So I'm really excited. It's been it's been fun. It's a good hobby to pick up. Sounds sick, Brandon. What's been going on with you? I know you uh, just came off of an event, but I know that like event mode, there's not much to do other than that. But you know, anything that's been going on, if you want to give a shout out to. Um. Well, I'm trying to report this girl for being an asshole. <laughs> I'm not like over. Dude, she oh gets mad God. at me. For it. She says I'm asking her a stupid question. This fucking idiot literally didn't put that you can buy things separate in the ad. So she has like five vcrs and two crts i'm like yo i just want the crts i don't care about the vcrs there's nothing in this ad that states that you can buy separate or as a whole and she just snapped on me for no reason and i'm like what the fuck so i was like all right um i told her relax and have a good night and I almost want to unblock her to tell her, hey, dumbass, there's nothing in here that says that you can buy them separately or not. Because there isn't. I like I look I read the ad like three times. And uh yeah, there's nothing in here that that says that. It's just like Let's bring well, her on stream. That's yeah. it. And then um, <laughs> she's the next um, guest. <laughs> uh yeah, I just want to report her for being a fucking asshole. Uh it was just hella unnecessary, that's all. Um and so, uh, hold on. Let me. Uh, this may be one of my favorite entries for this uh, entire segment. Our reporter. Our this reporter. is up there with Blur saying he's really into ruins. Uh, our, our reporter, because this is like, dude, I, I really want to say, just be a real asshole about it, but I'm just not. Well, I already called her out of name, but well, fuck her. I hope she sees this. Um, anyway, uh, what's going on outside of LA? um it's weird because i don't talk about it like that with people once you get that on my bad side i fuck you i don't care um how uh pretty much what's been going on outside of me like um having psychos spaz on me on facebook uh i've been trying to uh get crts for this event that we've been running and uh it's called the town throwdown um i'll uh link the picture in the discord because i don't know i don't know if you guys could pull it up but uh i'll just post it anyway. we'll see if our technical wizard can do it yeah so let's let's talk yeah, about this uh, you know this is um the is the is this the first of a series that we're seeing yeah so uh long story short when the pandemic happened all our tournaments like the may venue got closed down um 
The other tournament was uh, ESA, like Wednesday Night Fights. That got shut down. All of Oakland's tournaments got shut down. Uh, NorCal has – Nathan Sandwich has a tournament called Bay Area Rumble, but it's out in Concord, which is probably like 30, 40 minutes out. And then there's uh, San Jose tournament uh, that Javi does. Shouts to Javi. Uh, Shouts to Nick to both of them. Uh, Javi does a tournament called, uh, I think it's Guildhouse Fighters in San Jose at the Guildhouse Bar or whatever, or the Guildhouse Esports Place. And that's about like another 40 minutes to an hour, give or take, from here, right? And since then, we haven't had anything. The city of Oakland, San Francisco too, really, uh, there's been nothing. Um, and this is like the first tournament within like Oakland area that, you know, is, is, is been a thing and we're flying out. Um, let me name the names. If you guys don't mind, uh, Kadoran's coming out, uh, captain. Oh, thank you for putting that up there. I appreciate that. Uh, Kadoran's coming out. Captain face rolls coming out. Johnny. Magi, Spark, and Eddie Mexico are going to come out for this event. That's uh, why it's titled The SoCal Invasion. Uh, Shroom is going to come. We're trying to get NorCal. SFAT's like a maybe, but I need to talk to more people. I, I was going to talk to Rocky. Azul said he'd come. So I'm just trying to get uh, everybody in. Uh, mainly it was just like a West Coast major thing. You know, that's what I wanted it to be for like the grand opening. Um, Magi just wanted to come along board because I get like Beast Coast, right? So shout out to Magi. Um, I think it's gonna be like the first time in a while that all, th- all like me, Johnny, Magi are all in one place. Oh, the Beast Coast, uh, yeah, yeah, Beast Coast. that's cool, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just something to to bring back for for you know, city of Oakland. If you guys are wondering why it's called the town throwdown, um. Uh, San Francisco is usually referred to as a city and Oakland is usually referred to as a, as a town. Uh, a good example is uh, if you watch those like, you know, 2018 Warriors games and they would all wear the town jerseys with the tree on it. Like that's like the same, that's like the Oakland logo for the city. Uh, it's like on every street sign. So uh, it's just something that's indicative for Oakland. I don't know. I don't feel like it was a, uh, just wanted to bring back a bi-weekly for the, for the, for the town, you know, and the, have a bunch of people out. Might be collabing with some future tournaments. Not sure yet. I haven't. This will be my first offline tournament since the pandemic. I might have did a maid in the like, you know, in like January of 2020. But for the most part, I haven't really ran any tournaments all offline in a while. People don't. People thought I started hosting tournaments online, but I was doing it <laughs> offline like. Three years before the pandemic happened. But anyway, uh, basically, you know, this is like, you know, our way of coming back in the scene. And uh, speaking of uh, to add more to this, it's at uh, New Parkway Theater. Uh, Shouts to New Parkway Theater. It's a movie theater. And uh, they got this lobby. They got a mezzanine where the local is going to take place. And then two. Two movie theater rooms right and basically for this bigger one we're gonna have the mezzanine the lobby and one of the theaters and then at the end we're gonna play top eight in the movie theater and like oh that's so sick yeah yeah. and like everybody and like this this type of movie theater has like 
couches and chairs and it's like a lounge type of theater it's like a you know it's not like your typical like amc type of you know whatever it's not like that uh but pretty much yeah man like you could just grab a seat and then they're gonna you know top eight will be played and in a in a movie theater and it's just gonna be this makes me want to go and this is less than two weeks away and i'm on the other side of the country bro if you want to time for a road trip man yo by all means edwin i would love for you to come out i obviously i get why you wouldn't but uh hell yeah man if you came that'd be cool uh i think bobak might come like might have some genesis people out uh trying to crack over a hundred uh, entrants. I don't know if we can. We already got like, uh, like fifteen or so, fourteen. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Oh yeah, did I did I, did I say Joey was coming too? Lucky, yeah. Lucky's awesome. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So uh, nice. it's gonna be it's gonna be a good event. And because of this event, I was looking for CRTs on Facebook. <laughs> Every. For the most part, everybody was cool. I went to Facebook Marketplace, you know. Never one specific person. Except one fucking asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, Um, outside of that, uh, everybody's been, you know, I've just been trying to get, his, like, some CRTs because, you know, I mean, you have people bring them, but, you know, we're trying to get something more stable. So, but, yeah, that's what I've been working on lately. I've been, you know, ever, ever since, even during Bimmy and before Bimmy, I was working on this event. And, uh... You know, we got a Beast Coast sponsor. Uh, we got, you know, Slime and Lud to help sponsor the event. Oh, that's so sick. Um, and so nice. we're, just, we're just trying to get, you know, something back for, you know, NorCal. I know people think NorCal and just, well, you got Genesis, right? But, uh, you know, Genesis is a byproduct of, like, this type of shit, right? Like, Genesis wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this type of stuff. And, um you know, obviously Genesis, like shouts to Sheridan and Bob back there in full support of the event. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we're just trying to get, you know, something back, something regular back for Oakland. And my my, my long-term goal with this is to just have just uh, to open with this big tournament. And then from there, it's just like normal bi-weekly. It's kind of like Vertigo or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say like every three, four months or so, we do this again. So it's just like, you know, four big events throughout the year. So more people come, the merrier. It would be great. We got COVID protocols all on deck. You got to get vax, boosted, mask, all that stuff. Got sanitizers. So it's not like we're going in there crazy. But um, we're definitely trying to get people because if we could get people, we could justify getting both theaters, which would be fucking crazy. Um, And we could do like a lot more. So. You know, Edwin, uh, if you got time or money, <laughs> by all means, my friend. Yeah, so, yeah, Brandon, this yeah. all sounds amazing. I'm sure there's so much more to learn, to see, to experience at this event. So if after the show, the people watching this or anyone listening want to follow more about this event, uh, general North Cal melee shenanigans or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, uh, where can they follow? Where where can they follow it? Uh, okay, so official NorCal Melee. If you're trying to find stuff that's just like NorCal oriented, I I suggest that more so. Uh, NorCal Melee has a Twitter. Nathan I think runs that, but I think what's better is the Facebook channel or the Discord. 
There's a NorCal Melee Discord. Uh, let me see if I could put the link in here. I got to find it somewhere. I don't know. I'm in so many fucking discords. Um, what about if people want to follow you? Where can they do yeah, so? Yeah, you specifically. We're, we're coming up near okay. the end of the show. Okay, so. okay, yeah. For me, follow me at Twitter slash Y-U-N-G-W-A-F-F. It's pretty much where I be at. Um, I don't got Instagram. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much where you can find me. Twitch.tv slash the waffle seven, seven. Um, that's usually where I also be at. Um, if you want updates for that, just really follow my Twitter. That's really where I'd be tweeting. Like I'm just pretty much like a fucking walking ad at this point and just like, <laughs> announce events coming up and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, should anybody want to be involved, just let me know. Um, if you got if you got the plug on some small CRTs, <laughs> let me know. And you're Without not an VCRs, no, no. Yeah, VCR. and you're not a fucking psycho. Let me know. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that should really trigger me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's usually where I'd be at. I don't really do much or tweet much outside of tournaments. So if you guys w- want to come, by all means. Just let me know if you live in the area. It's right next to, it's across the street from KP Asian Market, where First Friday is. If you live in Oakland, you know where that is. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much where they can follow me. Sorry if, this, if that was a long answer, too. Oh, it was good. I think this is going to be a super sick tournament. Um, the return of all these majors, of course, we talked about. But the return of regionals and locals is something that I think is kind of stuff that we have not seen return to the same amount so having an entrance into that in one of smash's greatest regions i think is amazing and i'm glad that you were able to share so much about it and looking forward to it um edwin's not going i don't know why he's acting like he is but you know we'll see <laughs> uh well, hopefully we'll make it out to genesis and, and maybe that'll be our little norcal trip but yeah, yeah um if you want to follow us you can uh you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Melee Stats Pod. That's where we're going to have our results tweets now with emojis. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us there, and we'll also be posting links to our MeleeStats.co articles, such as Monday Morning Marth and Wednesday Melee. You can uh, see us over on YouTube. We have our long-form content at Melee Stats YouTube channel, and then the Melee Stats archive is where you're going to get some bonus stuff but mainly episodes of this so if you missed waiting for game live you can catch it over there or on your podcast app of choice um if you want to catch them live as they come out twitch.tv slash melee stats and if you just love everything we're doing and want to support us patreon.com slash melee stats brandon hey we i have a question is it cool if i ask one question or is it you guys stretch your time uh we i wanted to ask you uh March 10th, do you think Ben Simmons <laughs> plays? I don't I, think Ben Simmons is playing, man. Yeah, me, I agree. I just, I was just curious. That's all. I, I, I was, don't think he's playing. I was on the Nets subreddit because they are currently going through <laughs> the same stuff that all the Philly fans did. They're looking at videos of him like shooting three foot baskets in an empty gym and they're like, he's back, baby. So, but even the Nets subreddit, they're like, he's not coming back for March 10th. They're, they're making jokes. He said his back hurts. Like Steve Nash just said today that he's literally not even doing five on fives. And then Damn. all even the Nets fans are like, yeah, he might come back. 
his back might stop hurting on March 11th. So, no, I don't think he's going to play. You think he'll <laughs> show up, though? You think he'll even go to the arena? He's been going to the games. And then everyone's like, he loves his team so much. I forget who it was. I think it was Claxton or someone got, like, fouled and they, they fell to the ground. And he, like, got off the bench and, like, lifted them up. And then there's all these things about, like, how he's such a great teammate whatever i'm sure we'll talk about this at some point <laughs> yeah. um but i think we've had a good conversation here today we, we were sure. able to go through a lot and i appreciate you coming on especially right after you run such a big event mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah no thanks thanks so much i think this is really an enlightening conversation and i i think that like we were able to check off so many boxes talking about nintendo talking about your event talking about obviously like you know the cool players we saw but also what it means um i'm really happy with how this episode went and i, and I think that like you know i'm I'm, it's all comes down to uh to you like shining a light on all these things so i really appreciate that thank you guys for having me it's truly appreciated we edwin you guys are goaded and uh yeah jd2 behind the camera everybody just thank you of course yeah no thank you um and and thanks to the audience for for tuning in i i really appreciate you all for watching and, uh, you know, I want to reiterate that we are moving to a bi-weekly schedule, so we're not going to be around next week. But we'll be back to talk about Smash Camp. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, so we'll be able to recap that, and maybe we'll do an episode after to talk about what happened. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. You can catch us then. Peace. See you guys.